0: So there's a lot of movement, and it does feel a bit more musical than my previous previous albums where they were hyper-focused on just voice.
1: Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the TF Cast. I'm your host, Willis. Hey,
2: Grum here. It is November 8th here in the Solarium.
3: And I'm your host, Jacob Basis. Today with us, we have Nicholas. On behalf of his project, I Cut People, you know, tell us about the project, tell us what's coming out, and mm-hmm. uh, how you got involved with this. Yeah. Um,
0: so the project began in two thousand and five. Um, <clears throat> so it's been around for about two decades. Uh, i what the what the music is is um it's sample based. It kind of falls under the the uh, genre of plunder phonics, um uh, which mm. was defined by John Oswald. Uh, and this type of music is sampling from music sources that are recognizable. <clears throat> the one thing that I do a little bit differently is that I typically will sample mostly voice, um, television, radio. Um, I do typically uh, uh, sample pop music as well, or really any type of music for that matter. And um uh, when I get these samples, I will get a sound file. I will go through the sound file. I will cut out bits and pieces. I'll make directories. Um, sometimes I'll have directories that are like named nouns, adjectives, verbs, conjunctions, whatnot. And then mm. there's other directories that might be like really silly, like things that I think are funny that I want to elaborate on. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and then I just start constructing the, the cut up. And, and, uh, usually it's a very linear process, but as I gather samples, um, it becomes far more dense, um, Mm. as I go. And, you know, there were like kind of three phases over the past two decades or four. This is like, I would consider the fourth phase, my latest album. Um, the phase previous, previously to this are the albums that I, I gave you all, and um, this was the first time that I actually approached the cut-ups from a first-person perspective. Um, so it is very subjective. Um, <clears throat> and the latest is, is, is not necessarily uh, um, empirical. It is, it is uh, far more um, speaking through other people. Um, sure. <clears throat>
3: And there's a lot for something that has a definite narrative. If you if you listen to the album, you'll you'll find that I don't think that a lot of the messaging is incredibly unambiguous. Like I feel like you're trying to make the listener feel a certain emotion and then kind of like lead them to water. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool too that. It sounds like it's really similar. Uh, Willis
2: is a producer. We all we're all musicians, but Willis is mainly like a producer DJ. And uh, it sounds like your process for getting samples is basically the same. It's just labeled right. the instead of snare, it's kind right. of thing. So that, right. uh, that's really interesting. I never
3: thought about that. Back and end right of where the I process was going basically was like you know you you do use all of these very recognizable things. Like I, I felt like I could name you know like a high percentage of the sources. Right, right. And then I, all the emotional baggage that came with that right. like material mm-hmm. contributed to the overall feeling of the song, which I thought was uh, really cool, if not a little bit overwhelming at times. But yeah. yeah, it is
0: very overwhelming. And I often get that. I mean, some of my closest friends want nothing to do with these albums. <laughs> um, and that's fine because I understand it is very chaotic in the, uh, <clears throat> the approach that I take. Um, in expressing myself through this type of art is difficult for people to handle. And I'm not in a place to say, oh, well, you don't like this movie, music because you've been conditioned to, uh, you know, the the sort of Western uh, tradition, uh, mm-hmm. like the 12-tone system or whatever it may sure. be. Because um, yeah. there is a lot of dissonance. There's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of distortion. Um, but through all of that, there's a lot of these really beautiful concepts that are coming out. And almost all the time, if I'm creating an album, I'm reading. Um, it's not light reading. It's it's heavy philosophical problems mm. that I'm dealing with. And I'm thinking of uh, from a collective perspective of what everybody is dealing with. Um, so it is sort of orchestrated to... Um, to, so it, it is sort of like a score to some degree. Yeah. I but, don't see it as much different than yeah. a composer writing a symphony.
3: And kind of to, to, to harken back to... I mean, this isn't your first time on the podcast. You're here for the Lectern Series, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And your kind of uh, relationship with philosophy and how much time you've spent doing that. Uh, the, the the subject material of the albums isn't easy stuff, like you said. Like, it it is... Uh, this is... It deals with, like, religion, war you know, peace, politics, Um, so...
1: A little AI on the most recent Mm -hmm. one. So media. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, it it kind of tries to represent our mental environment, which... You know I kind of back I, I kind of take all of my anxiety and package it package it up and put it out into the universe, which is kind of a shitty thing to do because when people listen to it, a lot of the comments I typically get is it makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm. Um, so you know, and then other people are like, no,'ve I listened to it like four or five times, and I keep hearing new things that I didn't hear. Uh, previously, I
3: I do think that it makes extreme like it makes vi- it depends on your listening style because I would say that it makes extremely irritating background music like if you put this on <laughs> it's not like, music. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> know, the music try to clean your kitchen shop. you just be like what the hell <laughs> well, like? could, I,
0: I've actually done that in the past and I think the TV's on when I forget that yeah. I put on the 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 album and I'm listening to it and I get distracted and I'm like well oh, the hell, the TV's on but it, you know or even if if you if you're on like a, an app like Spotify, it's kind of funny because if you don't pay for it, you get all the ads and a song will end and then an ad will come on and you'll mm. think it's a part of the song.
3: <laughs> it also kind of, it, like in a weird way, the audio, like the way it changes, it reminds me of like scrolling through Reels sometimes where you'll just mm-hmm. get like these like, mm. you know, really like pop culture references that come up one after another and you don't know what's next, but like you do know that it's connected somehow by your input. right? Um, Which you know to the to to speak to the album like maybe like we have some level of shared experience with growing up, right? Like similar times and being exposed to that kind of pop cultural stuff. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're all kind of going through it, so it is sort of a representation of our artificial reality that we've kind of learned to live in. Mm. Um, but, you know, I I came from a, a, a classical background. I was a pianist as a kid. Um, I started taking music composition lessons when I was in my teens. Mm. In my early 20s, I left to go to San Francisco to study with this guy named David Conti at the San Francisco Conservatory. Mm. And, um, you know, one of the things that my uh, uh Earlier, teacher told me was that he he never he said don't ever lose the attention of your audience. And by listening to these albums, you can kind of see that I drove that into oblivion. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it can have the reverse effect uh, because you know it it changes so much that it can kind of lose your attention
3: uh, to some degree. No, I, I think that's kind of what I was talking about when I was talking about the, like the furniture music, the the way you mm-hmm. recontextualize that. But like, it grabs your attention, like when you hear like mm-hmm. you know like, like something really highly recognizable, like the scream from Sabotage, or like the right, opening right. riff to like. Uh, like a Guns Bad and to to Roses song or, right? or like, yeah. you know, something like that or some Katy Perry. It like you, it, like grabs you like, is that what's happening right now? Right, yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and this was actually the first album that I I spent a lot of time using music hmm. um, to express myself and using words and music. And that's very difficult because there, there are a lot of times where you hear what someone is singing and you think they're singing something different than they actually are. So there were times where I had to like look up lyrics and I'm like, are they really saying that? Um, so there's a lot of movement, and it does feel a bit more musical than my previous previous albums, where they were hyper focused on just voice, um, with music kind of you know sporadically thrown um, throughout it. But this latest work is, I would say, most of it is is music.
1: I, I kind of described it, and in, in just thinking of how it sounded to me or how it made me. I kind of described it as like um uh some, something poetry, like a found sound poetry or like spliced and cause <clears throat> you're you're taking um pieces from different parts of, of culture and you're blending it together to form something new. So it's kind of like right. creating something from from uh you know, and, and you're like Jacob said, you're pulling all that Ba- you're bringing a lot of baggage along right, with it as right. you have those like responses to the yeah, to the it, material it's really it, interesting
0: it's more of a literary experience mm. to some degree yeah. and i would say it's like flash poet or flash poetry, flash but, poetry. On, That's but on a speed good, yeah and you know i have uh, there's there's one um <clears throat> individual out in san francisco that actually lip syncs at drag shows to my uh, oh, music oh man and wow. um i've thought about you know, maybe that would be a project that I would like to do to see what it would be like to get like ten people up on a stage and recite one after another the entire works because I do see it as poetry,
1: yeah, wow, very much so it'd be it'd be wild to see someone sort of like giving the you know giving personification to the right to the speech and to the poem right um, right because I think it it is a little like it's it's inherently a bit disconnected in the way Mm -hmm. that it's spliced. Um, uh, Yeah. And the, one of the other things I noticed that kind of struck me as interesting was that the sounds themselves aren't per se like manipulated too much. Mm -hmm. In a lot of cases you're representing it kind of as it was, Mm -hmm. but you're being very selective about which part is appearing and in, in what order, and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it really does a wonderful job of playing with, like, uh, music or sounds in general as being, like, the experience of something over time. Right. It's, like, without that element of time and the progression, it, it just would be totally different. So right. I appreciated that the, they were sort of, like, raw, and, like, when you heard it, it really sparked that and took mm-hmm. it back.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely the... You know, part of I, I've always kind of seen it a little bit like punk rock too, because it is raw. And I've collaborated with people who are like, Man, all your stuff is just peaking. It sounds like shit at times. And mm. and um, you know, those are the individuals that spend a lot of time mastering. I don't. I don't really, really care about that. I mean, I, I I play with the levels a little bit. Um but for the most part, I kind of leave it as is because I kind of like that
1: gritty sound.
2: I specifically said that it it all sounded really even and well-mastered
1: when... Yeah, they played it earlier, so that's oh, really? interesting okay. that you don't listen yeah. to it. Because yeah, especially when you're drawing from such like wide range of sources, you pro- like you could get a whiplash mm-hmm. experience. You could be like, "Oh, I got to right. turn the volume up to hear this part," and then you get blown. Yeah, out. right. But right. I don't. I don't <clears> think <throat> that's what we sensed at all. So I, I did think at some point, like, what the fuck does this project file look like? like yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, It's man. pretty. It is pretty nuts, and I, I
0: have like three hard drives full of samples. and every project is. Those samples are saved and archived, mm. um, and sometimes I'll reuse samples. You know, It's rare that I do, but sometimes I do just because I for, forget that I, <laughs> I already sampled it.
1: Triple Balls is a media and event production company based in southern Minnesota. We specialize in multi-cam live streaming and sound and lighting for event productions. Contact us today to learn more or subscribe online to join our newsletter and stay up to date about events and things going on in the area. Thanks for tuning in. Back to your show.
3: What are you, you're walking around day to day. Like, does it like occur to you like, oh, like you hear something in the grocery store. You're like, oh, oh my actually, God, I all the time, that. all the mm. time,
0: all the time. I'm probably one of the few people that don't mute commercials. Sure. Um, I watch commercials. Um, and yeah, I mean even even if I have the television on and I'm listening to commercials, I'll hear the samples that I used. Oh, um fun. and yeah, that's always kind of bizarre cuz your your brain automatically automatically hears what's going to come after it yeah. on the
3: album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a I I have a, a I have a bad experience with sound and my dad's the same way where I don't think that we have the like mental capacity to stop listening. So like, uh, if something, if so, like I, I have a really hard time working if someone has like music on or oh, something right. like yeah. that. Yeah. So like, it, it's I just can't stop listening to things. So uh, I, I really do like being. Sometimes it can be really overwhelming to be like in a grocery store or in a place where music's playing where right. I'm trying to have another conversation. And I'm like, right, you know, right. You have to yeah. either tune it out entirely or like listen to mm-hmm. it entirely. I have the
2: opposite problem. <clears throat> I can't focus unless I have like some ability to attach like some amount of my attention to something like mm-hmm. i can't like a uh, like a youtube video that i'm not actually listening to will help me focus on a mixing not well not a mixing project cuz i can't hear something but usually just like some outer form of stimuli i it's like needed for me to concentrate
0: right mm. yeah i'm kind of like jacob in that way i mean when i i <clears throat> i'm a developer so i work from home and i never have music on when i work i always work in silence mm-hmm. if i have music on it's most likely going to be classical and it does really feel like furniture music where it's not distracting me in any way
3: yeah um what so uh, there, there's another element to this music where uh, you know a lot of this stuff isn't actually like uh, usable as as used uh and there's probably a whole lot of you know thoughts and feelings you have about that and why it should or shouldn't be done so i i mean you know listening to it 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 doesn't sound it doesn't sound like someone else's work um <laughs> so like i i guess i would probably you know pick up for the side of the artist but I'd i'd love to hear what you know think or have experienced on that front um, just about
0: what other individuals do
3: similar type of music? Or, oh, I you know, he, think he's samples. talking like fair
0: use. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and like oh, yeah, not yeah. being able to release <clears> your <throat> stuff on oh, Spotify. Oh, right, right. Yeah, like recent. So um, copyright has is often um, sort of a gimmick that a lot of artists do in this genre where you know there's bands like Negative Land out in San Francisco who wanted to get sued by U2 and would sample them because they used it in order to market themselves. Um, so they kind of enjoyed getting lawsuits. Uh, we don't really deal with that as much anymore. I mean, I'm locked out of my YouTube account. I've had decease uh, or, uh, uh, yes, letters sent to me. Um, and it always kind of surprises me, uh, when that does happen. Actually, the last time I got locked out of YouTube, they forced me to, they wouldn't um, activate my account again, unless I watched a, a video that was a cartoon cat dressed as a pirate telling me not to (laughs) sample. (laughs) Um, and I actually sampled that uh, (laughs) and used it. Perfect. Um, and got back into my account, but now it's again, locked. Mm. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of that kind of changed with girl talk. Uh, I've, I've known girl talk for many, many years, And, um, when, when he kind of became popular, I mean, even one reviewer said, you know, this is like standing on the side of the street with a sign that says, I, I sell crack. (laughs) I mean, you're just asking for lawsuits. Mm. And he, he kind of changed that. He never got sued for it that I know of. Um, Mm. and even with music changing. I remember we used, you know the music industry used to be really profitable. I don't think it is as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see a lot of artists kind of going off on their own, getting the rights to their music, and um, that's become a thing. So I don't know if copyright is that big of a deal unless somebody at this point would take somebody else's album and... Uh, release it and say it's theirs. Yeah. yeah. But we
3: are much Hayler, more Hayler swift's doing that right now.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. that's what I I think it's probably designed to protect <laughs> against, right? Yeah. It's like someone, you know, releasing yeah. a Katy Perry song as their own and then getting the streaming revenue from right. it. Right. And <clears throat> and this feels like a much different kind of experience. Like I don't think Katy Perry would listen to this and be like, that guy's that guy's coming after yeah. my... Right, <laughs> yeah. right,
0: yeah. And I mean, again, it's it's satire. So some people yeah. could be like, well, that affects my my character, mm. so I'm going to sue him for this. But again, sure. I haven't had that uh, issue in the past. And mm. it's usually just people don't, they're like, no, I'm not going to print up your vinyl because it's too risky. Mm. Um, and even with Spotify, I uploaded an album the other day, and I mean, every single album is full of of pop- popular music samples and I got flagged on a Tony Bennett song where he's covering a song no. and so all I did was take out that track, re-uploaded the album and it passed and it was fine mm-hmm. so I think what's going on is that they have some type of 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 uh program that listens for how long a sample is played because this yep. particular sample i played it for probably about 30 seconds oh mm. for
3: sure oh, you know just just to speak a little bit to this because this is ridiculous and this happened on our last podcast where colin came in we got flagged and it bothers me that ai is doing this because like yeah. So like, it's clear that no human has any hand in any of this, you know, like no one's listening, but you know, we, you have the producer of an album saying, Hey, I recorded this. I got consent from all the artists. Here they are. This is our local project. We put our blood, sweat and tears in it. And it's like, well, uh, you know, actually like this is copyrighted content. So, you know, like they, they, they silenced a part of our podcast and I had to like, you know, put it on me that it was you know, our right to use that music, even though if you, if you even looked at the, what was happening in the show for one second, like, you know, they have the algorithm to detect it, but no algorithm to detect whether or not the conversation is actual commentary mm-hmm. yeah. or like who's in it or why. Right. It's just, it's like, it's really lazy and insulting to yeah. get that kind of an, like an email like, oh, like... Do you have the right to have the producer of an album come talk about the work they created on your right, show?
0: Right. <laughs> we've, had,
1: <laughs>
3: we've had issues
1: with that too on live sessions that we posted where a whole song would basically get flagged and muted because and and that's a situation where we're having the artists like come play their song on the show. Like they're there performing their own music and that's getting silenced.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's getting silenced because they they're because it they're matches signed?
1: the copyright on, Spot, on Spotify on like some, right, it's like oh, that's so are like, thing. Like, we're, huh. they're, they're they're doing like it's their thing yeah. right, we're trying to promote right, it. Right, and, right. And that and is, like, I don't know you if you guys uh, <laughs> I don't know
2: if you guys already realize this uh, but uh <clears throat> this is actually like a really big thing in like the YouTube world. I don't know how much YouTube you guys all consume, but uh, big creators will copyright strike knowing that it'll get, overturned smaller creators because larger creators have access to actually talk to a real person and get it fixed whereas a creator like triple falls would have to go through a whole bureaucratic ladder before any real person looked at it Mm -hmm. so it's actually heavily taken advantage of by larger artists uh knowing that it's it is fair use and just letting robots copyright strike it because they know it'll at least be down for a while. Or maybe a lot of people will just get discouraged, like just, Oh, I'm not even going to keep trying to upload this. So it's actually a pretty big problem. And there's been huge lawsuits of it. Uh, Ethan Klein from H3H3 went through like a two year lawsuit on fair use for video. And so I'm kind of surprised it's not the same thing with audio. Like the whole argument is like, how long are you playing it? And are you actually adding to the content or are you just like, because, you know, there's reaction people on YouTube that will literally like play a video in its entirety, like eating popcorn. Like, I think that's pretty obviously not adding to the content and is just playing it. But
3: I've seen a lot of uh, how do you say, like uh, people who tell like true crime stories and then like reaction YouTubers just being like yeah yeah and it's like you're just like that's what you should be doing in the audience if they're doing a good job like you're just (laughs) being a youtube consumer on youtube like it's the worst content ever sniper
2: wolf's the big conversation right now yeah she, she like literally just plays tiktoks gives no credit to the creators and will literally go like oh my gosh, and then play the next one. And it's like, that's clearly a different thing than you spending hours (laughs) toiling over this playing 30 (laughs) seconds of a song that no one's going to be like,
1: oh man, this is a way better version of Tony Bennett. Like, that's not why you're listening to it. It's almost like (laughs) spam content or something. But I wonder, like... Even in some cases, I've discovered content that I like on TikTok through that. Yep. And then, like, I'm like, okay, but this is a spam account, and I'll go, like, search. I, but, you know, like, we well, just want the, the the real thing to, to do better and <laughs> to be shown to you. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but instead, the one that you see is the one where there's a little car driving,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> falling yeah. down
1: a hill or whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, someone like, Cleaning a hundred year old like pencil sharpener <laughs>
3: like uh, on the side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You're> like, why <"What?" laughs> I, I could work to a video of someone cleaning a pencil sharpener. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I could I could handle that. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'd look over, I'm like, wow, that guy's got way more done than I have. <laughs> 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 it's like oddly motivating.
0: Uh,
3: well, oh. man, that's
2: hilarious. Uh, yeah. is there any like particular vision for this project or is as something that at least in the current market you can't really make money off of it seems like you don't it's, you got to have a good amount of passion in it
0: so. yeah yeah no i'm i'm incredibly grateful that i i don't depend on this project financially whatsoever yeah. so i typically i really don't like asking money for for anything when it comes to cut people yeah um i kind of try to keep a separation even on band camp everything's marked at zero you have to put well let people pay what they want and that's fine yeah mm-hmm. um <clears throat> i do have my vinyl on there for sale but usually if somebody buys one i send them all of them mm-hmm. just to just to you know just to be able to share it um but you know i'm fortunate to be in that position because yeah. a lot of people aren't mm-hmm. um able to do that and uh you know, it's, it's, it's like what I think Nietzsche called it a uh, fortunate accident of success where, you know, some people just experience success and it's not even by its fate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's not really determined. Um, but <clears throat> I don't know how it, I would approach it if, if there were s- for some reason, you know, high expectations for me to ever release an album.
1: That, that mm. I would
0: I don't even I don't even think I would like that at all. Um
3: but what does it just now? put that in there? At the beginning of the album, you can use that. (laughs) (laughs) What what is it? Is it like a
1: conversation, too, where you're like, you know, it's been a little while. Like, I feel like there's stuff going on that I got to, like, process. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Is that kind of how it works? Yep,
0: that's exactly how it works. And I this album, this recent release, it took me about a year to build. Usually it doesn't take me that long, Hmm. Um, but... Uh, I feel so incredibly stable in my life, and usually, whenever I'm unstable, is whenever I produce the best art. Mm. Uh, which kind of sounds trite, but whatever. Mm. Um, but so I was, I was kind of thinking, well, I, I don't even know if I can do this because. But but mm-hmm. what I what I did with this one when I d- I didn't do on the last five is that I felt like I kind of spoke through other people, so it was a more empathetic album been entirely subjective and concerned with my own like mental environment um so yeah I I think I think that's why it it feels like uh growth more than any of my other albums that I've released
1: okay what uh what inspired it like what made you do you remember if there was like a moment in the last couple of years where you're like, okay, this, now we got to do an album on this.
0: Yeah. So the, the main foundational concept of this album is, uh, the ego replacing God. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, they kind of contradict each other because it, the, the, the album is, there's a lot of blasphemy in the album. So it's not me saying, oh, we shouldn't, you know, replace God. Um, but uh the the sort of the the concept of self self um worth and um selfishness in our society i think drives the system mm-hmm. um i mean if we look back it, uh, in the what was it the 1700s when the uh adam smith the forefather of economic theory stated that uh that uh by nature people um, are, only inter- or are self-interested. Mm. And if you let people be self-interested, then that will benefit the economy. Um, so really the concept of the ego runs parallel with capitalism. It, it empowers capitalism. Mm. Now I'm not saying that you shouldn't be e- ego. I think ego is necessary. I would say ego is necessary for physiological needs for the most part um but uh so a lot of the album does kind of you'll you'll hear it throughout it where I'll I'll sample someone talk about god and then it'll go into ego or somebody will say I'm an individual and or I'm a, I'm a god and I'll like no 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 you know it's just mm-hmm. kind of like going back and forth um but I'm I'm really really interested in the philosophy of Jean Paul Sartre and Sartre Believe that the ego was an object for consciousness and he was a realist. So he's he wasn't one of those philosophers that said, that tree out there doesn't exist if I don't exist, um, <clears throat> which is kind of a superiority complex, in my opinion, to think that that tree wouldn't exist because I don't exist. Yeah, that, that's Sart- uh, pretty selfish. Right, it, it totally is. And Sartre's a realist, so he's like, no, 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 no. Consciousness exists because of objects. Consciousness wouldn't exist without objects. Mm. Um, so for him, uh, ego was an object for consciousness, and it's how we interact in the world of objects. Uh, but as with all philosophers, often people with uh, certain political agendas take on those philosophies and those ideologies that, they, uh, that are just you know theories, and they run with it. It's kind of like when you think about Darwin and yeah. the survival of the fittest.
3: Oh, yeah, that that hasn't been used for all the best things. Right,
0: right. And Darwin was not talking about survival of the fittest within the capitalistic system at all. He was talking about it from a biological perspective. Um, So you often see that. You even see it in Nietzsche's work. When Nietzsche uh, wrote The Will to Power, he decided not to publish it uh the original manuscript has a grocery list written over some of the most profound ideas in the book mm. um and that book was adopted by the nazis um and uh you know nietzsche's name was dragged through the mud for decades after that mm. um but that's 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 very very common i believe um mm.
3: Well, and there's a lot of good that can come from this, uh, from like what the ego does. Like I, you know, most people who are creating art have enough touch of like the desire to make themselves heard. Cause you know, a Mm -hmm. lot of people could take the same notes that you've clearly gathered and put forth and just go be sad. Right. You know, but like instead you made six albums and we can talk about it and share it with people. Right.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it, it really does. It is very important. I, I think it's how you approach it. Um, if I was concerned with admiration, I, I think that would be like that. Seems like why uh, a lot of artists suffer m- the most from is that they want success, they want admiration,
1: mm-hmm. and the returns
0: on the dividends. You know, <clears throat> right, like, right, exactly. I put my love into this. But mine? it's yeah, but it's also very important that they get a response because a response is is to some degree necessary. I would I would like an inspired response more than a. Um, you know, and, you know, someone looking up to me as a leader, that, that sounds like a nightmare. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and I think we could also use less of that in our society. Um, if we looked at the, the whole, uh, the whole collective as the leader, uh, rather than one, you know, individual that we rely upon, um. I would think that the world would be in a much better place. (laughs) I I agree with
3: you because, you know, thought leaders, for for what they end up becoming, you know, almost always, you know, buckle under the pressure of what they become. You know, a lot of people do there, especially in social media environments. You know, you, you get out there and you say something that really resonates with people and then you have to exist in the environment that created your fame. Right. And then, you know, you start you start not living in the circumstances that created that level of empathy.
0: Right, right, yeah. I mean, you, you see that even in music. Um, you see it all over the place where, um, where um, <clears throat> it's kind of like the idea that, like for me, music is very sacred. Um, and it's kind of like going into a church and seeing that there's a, there's a gift shop in the lobby. It's like they just destroyed everything that was sacred about that philosophy Um, and Mm -hmm. you see it, you see shirts with Che Guevara or Bob Marley and, you know, all these people that had very like strong passions and then they throw their face on a shirt and make it a commodity Mm -hmm. and it just devalues everything that they believed in. Mm. And I don't know if there's like a large conspiracy around that, you know, if if that's done on purpose. <laughs> <But> large conspiracy <laughs> around making a quick buck. <laughs> yeah, right. But it, what, it, what it boils down to is that it's it's all for profit. Yeah. You know, the end is profit in our society. Um, that's how you get ahead. You don't get ahead if the end is life or in Immanuel Kant, Kant's view, humanity. I would change that with just living things. Uh, even non-living things um but but uh, yeah it you just it, it, our system is set up to where in order to survive your end needs to be to some degree profit
3: you know doing this for a few years now i have found and have tried to replicate in myself that many of the most successful artists that come through here like save something for themselves. Like they know that they've commodified their art, Mm -hmm. but like they continue to do something that is completely unmarketable, like something that kind of like nurtures whatever the original seed that, you know, created what brought them to where they are now. And, you know, when you get to hear them talk about it, it is really, you know, quite special, I think. Um, And I wish that more people like people especially people who don't consider themselves to be artists would realize like what they create is important regardless if anyone you know, if, right. you, if you just yeah. make stuff yeah. for you and it makes you extremely happy, like it is art, it is good, it is worthy of showing to people, and you never have to make a dime.
0: Right, and and mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've I've said that exact same thing over and over, and part of me sometimes questions that because I'm like, well, is that selfish? But at the same time, it's it's like no, it's kind of something that you fall back on during times of suffering. And and if 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 you if you limit your art to the amount of people that like it, um, there's going to be very few people that are going to be happy with what they yeah. what they make.
2: I also think it's harder for your voice to come through unless you when you're making art for other people. All uh, oh, right. right. Uh, I the where I see it the most is comedy. 90 percent of people are funnier when they stop trying to be funny. Right. It's right. like uh that I- idea that like tell me about like you could probably be funnier telling me about the day you had than about like weed or something simply because it's the experience only you have. But right. weed is funny. But weed is funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've made money on 10-minute sets about weed, don't get me wrong. But yeah, it's like uh it's like a voice thing I think with the when you try too hard to make stuff for other people, you're like losing and it might work out for a while but then when you once you come to the end you like lose the thing that made it your voice anyway and now like you lose your followers
0: right right yeah i mean you could use the example of nirvana i mean a yeah. great example is nevermind i mean yeah. do you think kurt cobain really really liked that album at all yeah, yeah. at least all the interviews i've seen of him he really disliked it
2: mhm um <clears throat> and it's and, the album any kid today is going to be wearing as a as right. A t-shirt.
0: And it's it's it was the album that was most uh, that was easy to market. And then they release in you know they re- release Incesticide after that, and nobody even remembers that one. Um, or even In Utero was much more in line with what they wanted to make, and that wasn't even that like uh, you know that that wasn't that popular when it came out at least mm. from when I remember it.
1: Is it about like finding a place of balance then? Or is it like it's all just screwed and there's, I don't, you know, how, did, yeah. how do how you think about, I mean, your approach seems like you're going to, you're going to do what you want in this project, right, but right. how would you think about it? And you know, the examples of Nirvana well, or something like, is <clears throat> I it think, kind of about that balance?
0: Yeah. I mean, it can be, I mean, <clears throat> there's plenty of artists. I, I think uh, a great example of someone who stayed true to their style um, and kind of still remains fairly underground as Tom, I mean, yeah. Tom Waits yeah Tom Waits is a mm. great example of someone that never really um did anything for his audience um and uh so I think it is it is possible i think it's it becomes more difficult earlier on if if you're if you're in that state where you're financially dependent on your art and you're willing to do anything you know. Mm and yeah. sell sell out in order to There's uh, gain a long success. game on
3: that. Like you look at the music yeah. of Tom Waits though cuz like it, and like he is he he does like air toward punk I would say like does, especially yeah. in in his newer yeah. stuff. And I I really like some of the older stuff. I like Rain Dogs, I like Heart Attack and Vine. Like lead, yeah. I really like that stuff, but you know the the more modern stuff is like way darker I feel it is
0: it's very dark and I actually when I was living in California I lived in the same town as Tom Waits and he would he would I worked at a co-op and he would come in and we would have the most bizarre conversations around what type of protein is is the best type of protein whether it's animal or hemp and he's a very bizarre uh, man but he would come in with his son who he just took to a baseball game so so much of his personality is very much an act like, he's mm. performing, but then he has this, you know, when you see him out in public, he's, like, this, like, kind of regular guy. Yeah. yeah. You know,
2: His stuff always really spoke to me when I was younger, too, just because it was so weird, and uh, it felt like, it felt like I was at, like, the circus or something. I don't know quite oh, yeah, don't know no, how to describe well, it. yeah,
0: I mean, he always has, like, those, uh, those what are those organs called? Calliopes? And, yeah, yeah. You know, those mm. uh, circus organs playing, and... um Oh. Yeah, his his work has always been very inspiring. I was introduced to him in the '90s through Bone Machine, which oh, okay. is just an incredible
1: album.
3: Yeah, that's when a, my a guy played with Eli. That's like his favorite album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's, Swans got a similar treatment too. Like they had like a big bump in the '80s, and then 2010s came around, and like you know. that just huge
2: like right
0: right right
2: you know who i think actually might be a good example of it and it might sound funny but i actually think icp is a really good example of this uh they got told by the whole industry they were gonna fail and that no one would like it and that and i'm not even i'm not like a huge icp fan but when i was younger i used to like kind of hate them because i thought they were like taking advantage of people and they they like very much aren't they're like now this is like our actual art and now we have like Not many bands have whole multi-day festivals around them, right, and stuff like that. And I think that's a perfect example of just like, now we're going to stay true to the thing that we know we have, and yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a weird example to put against
0: Tom Waits. <laughs> Insane clown posse. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> not not eye cut people. No, no that's funny.
2: That's funny. Uh,
0: <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh yeah, what were we talking about? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: I didn't know I had festivals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's
2: I didn't even put that together in my head. That's so funny. <laughs> Did you know what about uh, uh, you well? One of the first albums I bought was an insane clown posse album because Ooh. I wanted to. I, when I was a kid, I was like a juggler and a unicycler and yeah, stuff, yeah. and I legitimately thought it was going to be like clown music. And, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, I got home and I'm like, I can't juggle to this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that you wanted it to be clown music, yeah. as if clown music is at all like. <laughs> uh, That's so we more. Yeah. <laughs> We do need more clowns. Yeah, I could I could start that music for clowns. I have a small pump organ. I could totally play like little uh
1: chromatic scales. Oh
0: well. Um
1: well are there so we we touched a little bit on the most mm-hmm. recent album. Are there any of the other albums that you brought for us today or have uh worked on that you wanna kind of speak about that, that sort of like represents your approach to the mm-hmm. the format or. Uh, yeah. The,
0: I mean, I, I think uh, so when I was in like the second phase of the project, I sampled mostly movies. I never, um, I printed those up on CD, but, <clears throat> and they would just, it was all from movie sources. So there was mm. one called the inside story and there was another one that looked like a Netflix package. And, um, and those were those were great, but again, they didn't re- they, they didn't feel as raw as um, <clears throat> when I when I released Miserable Day. That one was okay. was uh, during a time where I had taken a four year hiatus to like focus on development, and um, that one I was so incredibly bitter at the time and pessimistic. And this one was just me expressing myself, so this one's kind of it's incredibly dark there's mm. there's many, many cuts that talk about you know committing suicide and um it's very offensive and lewd <laughs> um, but it's actually one of my favorites mm. and um so I kind of started at that point, and there's a progression through all of those albums um and it kind of went from being very pessimistic to more optimistic and and um so there's those albums are incredibly special to me because mm. for me they're it's kind of like a diary uh, over the course of of 5 or 6 years
3: hmm. do you, do you write this as text beforehand like a lot of it
0: No, not at all. I have, uh, Farewell Reality. I have listened back to that and wrote out every single word in that. And you can actually read those on my website. Mm. Um, I thought about doing that for all albums, but it's, it's just, it's a ton of work and Mm. I have to motivate myself to do it. Um, but no, I don't. It's again, it's, it's all kind of, uh, I would explain it, it's kind of like a trance. I mean, you, you, sometimes you're, you're not thinking about a, a particular subject, but you, you, you make a cut of it and then afterwards I realize what I was writing about, but I didn't even notice that I was writing about that during that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those, those albums again are just, they kind of got me through those, those six years of my life. Oh my
2: gosh, I just so is is your is the name because you <laughs> cut samples of people. Yes. Yeah. I, just, yeah, I just got that. It's aptly tight. I would yeah, have yeah. worn a thicker shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I thought it was just like
1: punk or something. I didn't know. Uh-huh. I, didn't I just get it, got it. I didn't get it until the, his intro explanation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, <laughs> I just last year
2: went to a dying fetus show, and I doubt that their name is based on something like that. So I was just like, oh, he cuts people. Yeah, yeah that's right, a good name. Right, right. <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: oh, yeah funny. no it's i actually the the name came from i was living in this really small town in california called Guernville and i was i was uh, uh uh displaying a lot of collages that i did at the time and and kind of handing out my work hmm. and uh somebody had wrote on my car one morning i came out to my car and somebody wrote i cut people and i was like oh man that's Mm. I got to use that yeah
1: so did it it started in a way from uh visual arts as well is that something that you've explored with this project yep
0: it all started um I mean it started when I was living in San Francisco and a group of friends we would we would fill up our samplers with all kinds of like found sounds television samples or whatever and then we'd all get together and we would have improvs And, you know, 90% of the time, these improvs were nothing but chaos. Mm. Um, But there were those moments where suddenly one person played a sample and I would respond or somebody else would respond. And we listened back to those those improvs afterwards. That got the most response. We always thought it was hilarious and we would react to it. And so Mm. at that time, I was like, well, I'm just going to start creating albums where it's just nothing but I'm just being very intentional with everything I say in it, Mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, just a bunch of samples going on at the same time.
3: Did you start on like a a hardware sampler? You're like loading floppy disks into an Akai?
0: Oh gosh, no, Um, I started with a doctor sampler. It's like a, I think it's 301. It was like one of the first ones. Oh, a Boss Uh, product? Yes. And I, yep, it was Boss, but now it's Roland, Roland, I think. yeah. Yeah. Um, So we all kind of had those those samplers. Um, And then for live performances, uh, I would load up about, I don't know, maybe two of those. And then uh have my computer and perform that way but that was it was you know it's like months of preparation to play that live because i just didn't want to get up in front of people and play and then act like i was doing something so i wanted to do something so what i would do is i would take the entire sound file of what i was playing and i would cut out samples put them in the sampler and then mark those in my uh my uh software so i knew when the mark was coming up and i'd stop the computer play the sample go back Mm. And just do that so there was some type of movement
1: yeah is this uh is this something that exists in live performance format at all right now, or is this just um i've never a played I've format?
0: never played any of these live. I played all okay. my movie albums live in California, and those exist on my my YouTube account okay. uh there might be one live performance video that I did um that I have on there um but since moving to uh back to the midwest um uh I haven't performed live i did i did do uh, a live um performance with uh holly dodge whenever she did her thesis at the masonic center Hmm. and i when she read her poems i was playing sort of very soft um uh like you know sound collages going on underneath but no words or anything like that
1: it's an it's an interesting format uh, we spoke recently with a friend of the show uh, calvin uh, Porter who we talked about it before as being somewhat uh, I don't know might be on the same sh- record collection shelf as some of the mm-hmm. stuff it's yeah. kind of like uh, wh-
2: how was it describe- it's called grind step uh, oh, yeah. it's uh, similar to grindcore in the way that it's like purposely kind of an a ab- abrasive thing mm-hmm. and uh from what i can tell of what i've learned of the genres there's definitely like a comedy element it's kind of like comedy for producers oh i love but that. it, it yeah. gets like pretty heavy sometimes but i love it i, I i've i listened to they're called bajalvin yeah. it's and a
1: uh, meme it's like, got yeah, a really wild energy in the room too like they're playing it they're playing it live out yeah and stuff. yeah so i've been trying to i've been like interested in the format where people are doing <clears throat> Um, sampling Calvin. non-traditional like performance
3: styles. You'll right. Show up to a, a gig like dressed like head to toe in SpongeBob gear, yeah. like yellow trip pants, SpongeBob shirt, SpongeBob hat, SpongeBob mm-hmm. lunchbox, and like, it honestly <laughs> reminds me of like Tim and Eric. Mm, DJ
2: mm-hmm. music, but, but they're both like very serious producers and like really know what they're doing and like are DJs by trade, right? but they just make, it's so weird.
0: I don't even know how to describe it, but I really like it. Yeah, no, I think it, a mm. lot of, uh, you know, people not as worried about copyright, Hopefully, will open up the door to more of this, more sampled yeah. Yeah. music.
2: It seems to be like a like a full fledged genre at this point. Like, there's quite a few bands in right, it, yeah, and right? And it's called grinds. Well, Step There one is. <clears throat>
0: mm. Cut ups were initially. I mean, you know, they were they were kind of exposed by uh, Burroughs. I mean, people were doing it before Burroughs, but he kind of, you know, he started doing the the uh, the cut ups in uh, literature and. Um, there's also a guy who I don't I don't think he's making any more albums but he actually uh a lot of his albums he he was doing it whenever the only way you could do it was through uh, splicing tape
1: Oh wow! Oh. So
0: his so all of his work is it's very very simple, but it is in that form where it's like you know says something and then says something else and then says something else, but it's oh. just not it's not as dense.
2: It seems so meticulous. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah his why.
0: name's Wayne Butane. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, he's like some old guy in Arizona, yeah. um, but he's he's kind of the closest I think uh, to uh, the music that I make. Um, Have you
2: uh, heard of the avalanches by chance? Mm -mm. That's probably the most, uh, quote unquote, mainstream thing like this I could think of. They uh, make, they're definitely like hip hop. Mm -hmm. inspired records but it's tons of samples like this like uh one is called frontier psychologist Uh, that's probably their most popular song and it has like samples of a little girl talking to a psychologist it has like samples from a western movies of like two cowboys about to fight oh right and like just all it's Hundreds of weird samples like that,
0: yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, people like us and over in London. She she does she only works with records though, yeah, yeah. Um, but usually she'll use like a repeating beat under and then she'll have like samples of like old cowboy movies, yeah. and people. It's and very much sometimes like even like fart noises, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. <laughs> no, that's yeah.
2: that's very mu- much like what I'm talking about, yeah,
0: right, yeah. yeah.
1: When I was listening to your, your record, I was trying to think about how it could be live performed, and it's so fast and so meticulous that I can't imagine you could play like the individual pieces well. And so then you're left like, yeah, I mean, you chunks, just, it's, yeah, it's like you
0: really don't have a choice unless you have uh, the time. Uh, and the resources to have a lot of people all playing
1: samplers at the Mm. same time Um,
0: which would be really cool but and you know maybe that's like a reason to like write a grant for something like that i
1: kind of i really like the format too where you have someone who's projecting it as like a person yeah me too personifying it that seems like a cool way to kind of be like "Eh, it's not you know we're not like Playing the samples yeah. in order. Mm-hmm. Um, the frontier psychologist yeah. songs music video is
2: literally that. Like okay. people acting out the the various samples yeah. as a yeah. music video. Yep, yep. Cool. Yeah, I think that's a great. I I, I would go see that.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, I <clears throat> I always attend Writers Block, and I I'd never get up there and talk. I just attend with Holly because she often uh, recites poetry there. And I was trying to think of of a way I could contribute to that without reading like some obscure philosophy, mm. um, but doing it from a more, uh, poetic way. Yeah. And that's the only thing I can really think of doing. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Well, if someone's listening to this and they're interested in checking it out, finding out more, uh, catching a, mm-hmm. catching a record <clears throat> listening, where can they, where can they find it all?
0: Well, I, I'm not really on social media. I have a personal account on Instagram, but uh, it just is just all personal. Um, and, so yeah, I would probably I, I i still, i still kind of direct people to my website, um, and then there's also you know I'm on Bandcamp, so that's another good resource to kind of go in and and purchase something if you want to, but again, like just download it for free.
1: Yeah, that's where that's where we listened. Uh, it's was... it's free. Listen to it. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely worth checking out. Is there anything you want to share about it before we kind of wrap up here? I think we've touched on a whole bunch of stuff and I'm sure we could go deeper, but
0: no, yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me. I, I, um, this is actually, I rarely do any kind of, uh, I rarely talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll probably, I probably spend more time talking about playing piano than I do these records. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm very grateful you guys having me on yeah thanks for coming
3: i was it was cool you know i like i it's interesting whenever i find that someone else that has i've already like learned about one thing that they do and then they have a whole nother right yeah Yeah, i love that i love that yeah yeah it's very cool so thanks for thanks for putting it together thanks for coming thanks Thanks for the albums that's cool Yeah. cool. Yeah, Yeah, yeah